You're listening to Now I've Heard Everything, interviews from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s with voices from the past. Sometimes we can just take what the Congress does and add a little humor to it. We had a week back in 1987. Ollie North was testifying, Gary Hart got caught, and Tammy Faye Baker announced she had an air-conditioned doghouse. We didn't sleep that week. Founding members of the Capitol Steps today on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson. Well, once upon a time, on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., three staffers for a United States senator decided one Christmas time to to put on a little show. Just a few musical parodies, a, a few skits, just a little thing, a little entertainment for a few friends. It proved to be very popular. In fact, so popular they were asked to put on that same show for other small private groups on Capitol Hill. And before long, a few other Capitol Hill staffers joined them, and their little shows for private audiences became bigger shows for bigger audiences. And that's how the Capitol Steps was formed. The year was 1981. And over the next four decades, the Capitol Steps became renowned as the nation's premier political satire group. I met two of the founders, Bill Strauss and Elena Newport, in 1992 when they wrote a book called Fools on the Hill. So here now, from 1992, Bill Strauss and Elena Newport. Well, we realized that, you know, there's a lot of useless, stuffy political science textbooks, but there's nothing that really tells you how you can be a slimy politician just like all the others. <laughs> and in these days of young people cheating on their SATs, we thought it was time for grown-ups to cheat on what we call the PIT, the Political Ineptitude Test. The pit. <laughs> who, who are our role models for this test? Well, Dan Quayle was trying to take it, but, but he, he couldn't spell ineptitude without too many E's. We considered calling this book The Competent People on the Hill, but uh, The Fools on the Hill just seemed a little bit better. You know, like... Competent People on the Hill, isn't that, that's a non-sequitur. <laughs> They're like looking for virgins in Rome. There, there's, there's a great deal of, of wisdom in this book, isn't Why, there? thank you. <laughs> It challenges the the reader. I mean, it's got questions like, you know, an incumbent congressman drives west at 50 miles an hour with a blonde in his car. At what time will he arrive at the Easy Motel? You know, things like that. <laughs> Math problems. Things to really challenge you. Dan Quayle calls us part of the cultural elite. <laughs> There's an A on that, Bill. Nah, not going to fall for that one again, are you? You know, I, I witnessed something. I, I was at your, your 10th anniversary thing on the Hill last December, uh, the, the the big bash mm -hmm. where you brought all the whole group, group together in the, that uh, hot that conference. That was the cast of Ben-Hur. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was great. But, you know, I, the thing that I witnessed afterwards is something that I suspect you have to put up with after every show. People coming up to you saying, I have this wonderful idea. Uh, do you, uh, how do I get in touch with your writers? Well, members of Congress do that all the time. There was somebody who came up to us a year ago and said, I have this great idea for a bank. And we thought it was wonderful. Actually, we've considered forming a political action committee called Joke Pack <laughs> that would be of, by, and for political comedians. And whenever anything funny would happen, we would uh, testify before Congress and say that we want this funny outcome. Uh, whenever a person's in a scandal, we want him to stay on the job for the next... We would fund certain candidates. <laughs> We call it the fun fund. <laughs> well, there are, there are certainly some candidates who are more fun than others. Oh, in case we ever have a truly competent, efficient government, we are out of business, and, and we don't want to see that. Fortunately, this year, with the three candidates running, we think there's maybe one micro-nano potential percentage point 
of that ever happening. Well, I did hear that you'd already put together your 100-year plan, so it doesn't look like you're... <laughs> well, in Fools on the Hill, we even have a, a chapter called Final Exit, which is how to commit political suicide. When you're, when you're not just not funny anymore, you know, you can oppose the NRA, that's death by handgun. <laughs> you can oppose Social Security, that's death by old age, things like that. There is a genius to your material. I mean, many people can maybe take a clever song and do the first line changing. <laughs> many people may be able to, to take and make a clever line say, well, if I only had a song to go with it. But to take an entire song and to keep its original flavor and put in clever lyrics, that takes a remarkable talent. Well, the real talent lies in people like Bill Clinton. <laughs> because, for example, in this book, we have a letter that he wrote to his mother about how he had intended to clean up his room, but actually uh, it, it just didn't turn out that way. And then we had a follow-up letter, which we thought he would release to the American people right after the election, saying, gee, that middle-class tax cut, well, gosh, I, I really didn't mean it. I just did what I, <laughs> what I had to do to stay politically viable. Well, since uh, we sent this book to press, of course, he's already released that letter to the American people. So we thank Bill and all the other politicians for their genius at uh, doing funny things. Did you notice, though, Bill Clinton, did, he played the sax on Arsenio, but did you notice the whole time he was on there, he never inhaled? <laughs> it was very safe sax. And he certainly didn't enjoy it. <laughs> it. It's remarkable that no one seems to be offended by what you do. Well, the only time someone was offended uh, was a senator who once came up to us and he says, why aren't I on your show? <laughs> yeah. He got in a scandal, though, and a couple a months scandal. later he was. He got in a good scandal. That's really just about it. Yeah. Yeah. Speaker Jim Wright once uh, got on the stage with us, and within two weeks he was on the stage out of town. <laughs> Bud McFarlane performed with us just about a week before he got indicted. I, I guess there are, are very few people or issues that you really can't uh, I mean for example I can't imagine you doing anything on on abortion and that that would that would that's that's not fun you don't you don't do things like that well the other thing that we never touch in fools in the hill you notice is the bumpers amendment on regulatory reform it just doesn't come up <laughs> But there's some issues that just aren't that funny. You know, if it's funny, I mean, even even something like last year, this time we were in a war. Okay, even in a war, there's funny things that emerge. I mean, we did a love song to Wolf Blitzer, for example. Oh, are you like kidding? That. That's my, that's my, <laughs> no, my the, the, the cassette with all the, you know, the, the, uh, the, the rock songs, yeah. the Saddam. My kids have those songs. They were, they were, they have, have so memorized, they almost did them in the school talent show. Yeah, well, Wolf Blitzer, of course, is the scud stud, but Dan Quayle is the spud stud. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be a gold mine when you see something like that on Marilyn, CNN. It's Marilyn like digging Quayle. potatoes. Mar we have Marilyn Quayle singing, I want a man with a slow mind. <laughs> she gets very hot over this idea. <laughs> but Ross Perot, Ross Perot, he's the funny one. Oh, he's got to be. Oh, this yeah, because is... it's like, well, here's the deal. He's always got a colorful analogy. Well, here's the deal. You know, it's like deficit is like two porcupines on their honeymoon. You know, <laughs> they may have the desire, but they know it's got to be painful. You know, it's like... These anecdotes, where does he get these things? <laughs> Mickey Mouse Salad. Did you hear this one? Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse Salad? He said it, the, the Bush administration is like a Mickey Mouse Salad. I don't know what that means. Do you know what that means? <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know either, but I suspect there's a song in it somewhere down the road. Well, here's the deal. Well, I don't know, but Ross is a little bit like Scrooge McDuck, I'd say. It's like the guy who finds a rattlesnake in his pants. He knows he's got to shoot it, but he doesn't want to hurt anything in part. <laughs> After this short break, the Capital Steps simple song parody formula. Uh, 
now back to my 1992 interview with Bill Strauss and Elena Newport. How do your songs evolve? Do you sit around on a round table like the Supreme Court or behind chambers? And <laughs> well, actually, Bill, we take the front page of the Washington Post and then rhyme it. That's all we have to do these days. The, the, the choice of uh, uh, musical material is so eclectic. You can go from Gilbert and Sullivan to uh, the Beach Boys to, to uh, you know... Opera. To opera. We're now in opera. <laughs> we have Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> There's even Shakespeare in here. There's even Shakespeare. We're very cultured. We don't just do sick jokes and bad puns. <laughs> they oh, the, seem that way. They're, they're, I think they're great puns. I'm a great... <laughs> I, I, I love puns. And, oh, and my daughters are thrilled with the alerty uh, dies. They absolutely love The tackwards balk. <laughs> the what? We call it the tackwards balk. Lurdy dies. <laughs> Backwards, consonants. We have a bunch of really quite uh, nasty little skeck sandals in there involving... Wick Slilly, that's Slick <laughs> Willie, of course, and Tunkle Ed, Kistermenity of Chassamuset. <laughs> Who must keep his Bowser's truckled. <laughs> <laughs> that's no lurdy die. <laughs> uh, uh, you, you, if you could hear the way the girls run around the house, so he doesn't have a pickle in his knocket. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually no dirty words per se in the whole book. Yeah, yeah, but, but, but you sure lead us down that path. <laughs> yeah. Now we're on all the wet nurks. <laughs> <laughs> you must have uh, you, the two of you and the group collectively must have a great deal of fun. <laughs> well, well, the challenge is being funnier than the politicians. It really is. I mean, we had a week back in 1987. I remember the same week. Uh, let's see, Ollie North was testifying. Uh, Gary Hart got caught, and Tammy Faye Baker announced she had an air-conditioned doghouse. It was one week, <laughs> and we didn't sleep that week. <laughs> Well, and of course, you do even the, the, the local element with Marion Barry. He's been a fountain he's back. of. Uh, he's back. <laughs> Joke Pack supports his candidacy. <laughs> he's got. There, there's some people who just. If you went to central casting and said, give me a handful of people at the Capitol steps can satirize, you know, these are the people. And they all come out of the woodwork. <laughs> well, we are hoping that Ross Perot will pick Marion Barry as his running mate. Oh, that would be good. That who do you good. think he will pick as his running mate? I don't know. We were we were looking back a while ago when uh, David Duke was looking at Ollie North as the Ku Klux Klan and Ollie, you know. But, <laughs> but uh, or Cuomo Bono, we were supporting for a long time. It's kind of nice rhyme. Yeah. Though. Cuomo, Sonny Bono, Cuomo Bono, Cuomo. Bono. <laughs> That's right. How do you do actually? Uh, you could have Perot Bono. It'd be like a law firm. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, everyone loves a good oh. pun. <laughs> You, you, the, you, the pun really is an essential element in this, isn't it? Often so. <laughs> Often so. Yes. We, we do try to play yes. with words. The philosophy of comedy. I'll start it right now. <laughs> you, it, do, does it ever? Do you ever get tired of it after after ten years? Do you, does it? Do you ever say, "Ah, oh, gee, it just." Uh, yeah, it's but then Ross Perot comes along, and we get too excited about <laughs> it. And you can't run out of songs, right? I don't think so. Last we counted, there was like you know. Three million six hundred fifty-nine, or something. <laughs> Actually, over our ten years, we've done about four hundred different song parodies. Wow! And eleven albums. We have an album out by the same title called "Fools on the Hill," which the family's already starting to memorize, uh, even as we speak. <laughs> really? It's at home right now. Have the they kids... taken the test yet? The kids taking? The I don't test? think. I don't think so. Let's give them the test. Was a book inevitable at some point? Do you have so much material you just can't fit it into all into songs and? Well, it gives you a chance to parody the literary world where we've always parodied, you know, the music world. And so it's a whole new, opens up whole new, whole new doors. <laughs> Sometimes we can just take what the Congress does 
and add a little humor to it, we have a page in which we've listed a number of the crazy memorialized dates that they've <laughs> set up. And, and who, we've, we've and asked the uh, listeners to, uh, or in this case, the readers, to try to figure out which are the crazy ones and which are the real ones. And uh, every time we show the page to people, they can't figure it out. It's really funny. And, and who can ever forget Rubber Checky? <laughs> and political correctness is covered very well in the book. I mean, all the sports teams, we've rewritten yes, all their names. Yes. We've rewritten all their names. You know, and, it, and we have, uh, we have you know, people like Bill, you know, he might be getting up there a little bit in age, but we actually just call him chronologically challenged, you know. <laughs> well, Elena, what do we call the Redskins and the Cowboys? <laughs> the Dallas Cannibalizers of Oppressed Bovine Fellow Mammals. That's... <laughs> And the Washington pre-colonization deterritorialized indigenous peoples who engage in ritualistic male bonding with pigskins. Do you get requests uh, for for certain songs m- more than others? <laughs> do not do certain songs. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that one. And lawyers don't want us to do the song, and doctors don't want us to do the song about doctors and all this. But we we actually find that people have a good sense of humor. We go around the country with this show, doing all sorts of trade conventions and public shows and theaters, and uh, generally people have a good sense of humor. How perishable is this stuff? I mean, I've got the I've got the cassette, the, the uh, uh, Ronald the Red Faced Reagan. And, uh, well, we have we have a song called "Super Frantic Unproductive Nothing Legislation," which would only be perishable if the Congress got very competent, solved all the problems, and actually passed some meaningful legislation. So we figure we can do that mm-hmm. one forever. Right. <laughs> but in the book, we have some visual jokes too. We have a maze of the Congress where you try to decide whether you enter the House or the Senate to get to the public interest. Problem is, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> no way. <laughs> is is an election year just by definition a better year than than off years? Well, that's when the voters get funny too. In 1988, we were really uh, we really had a strong opinion about who would win. I mean, you compare Lloyd Benson to Dan Quayle, right? So we had strong opinions in 1988, but yeah. this year it is really hard for us even to say who the funniest yeah. is. Well, is. we know who would win. <laughs> If uh, Sam Nunn were to change his first name to of the above, <laughs> put himself on the ballot as Nunn, comma, of the above, it would be 98%. The Capitol steps disbanded in 2021, done in by a lack of bookings because of COVID. Bill Strauss died in 2007 at age 60. And you can find easy Amazon links to Capitol Steps music at our website, heardeverything.com. And while you're at HeardEverything.com, be sure and listen to my 1987 interview with a guy who knows a thing or two about some political satire, Steve Allen. This is one of the fascinating things about humor and comedy. You can't be scientific about it. The very fascination of it is partly for this reason, that around the edges it's a little vague. And my 2004 interview with Garrison Keillor. In Minnesota, you're not quite allowed to enjoy your success. We are a culture of modest people and and we we would actually prefer that you come in second or third and of course we post new episodes here every monday wednesday and friday and you can find now i've heard everything on all major podcast platforms and thanks for listening next time on now i've heard everything he was a member of america's most popular folk singing group in the 1960s and has remained popular to this day my 2009 interview with Peter Yarrow of Peter, Paul, and Mary. She had a unique voice. Mary's voice and Mary's physical presence was the dominant reality, the performing reality of Peter, Paul, and Mary. That's next time on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson. ¶¶